Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Talking Ticks. I'm your host, Scott Gerard, joined as always by my co-host, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Uh, no LSU game this week, obviously, so, um, but still plenty to talk about, which we're, we're going to get into because obviously it's, it's, it's uh, Bama week and there's still things up in the air about Tua and all kinds of other stuff that have unfolded since our, our last pod and the last LSU game, actually. Uh, But before we get started, I just wanted to suggest to those of you listening that are not following us on Twitter to please do so at Talking Tigs, uh, no G in talking, Uh, and also we're the Talking Tigs podcast on Facebook. We're also on iTunes and Spotify as well. Before we get going, just want to check in with the co-host as usual and uh, to see how you guys are doing. You know, I, I'm I'm kind of I'm. This is the most nervous I've been in in a while. I'm real nervous about this week. I've been building it up, and then, of course, uh, with some some news we'll get into uh, now. I might need our our special guest Josh Lemoyne at uh, LSU F Ball Truth to either. Talk, I feel like I need to either be talked off the ledge or maybe talked back onto the ledge because I've kind of <laughs> vacillated back and forth today yeah. after the, after hearing about the news of. Uh, star linebacker Michael Divinity's exit from the LSU uh, football team and program. So um, I guess with that, uh, Daniel, how are you doing before I before we go on to uh, the actual meat of this podcast? Yeah, doing pretty good. Still in a little bit of shock from the, the news today, so we'll dive into that. And then just super nervous for Saturday. In less than five days, we'll know the, the winner of LSU-Bama. And then hopefully we can finally bring that W home, hopefully – uh, we can get into all the details there. I'm sure Josh will have some more for us, but yeah, just ready for it to kind of all be over a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. oh, yep. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, it's like during the bye weeks, it's like you, there's, you know, plenty of things to talk about. Then you kind of run out of things to talk about. Then you just get tired of talking about things. But, uh, you know, like you said, some new information came out in the last, uh, day or so, um, so yeah, we we kind of throw it to you, Josh. Uh, what? Uh, where, where where do you want to take us? I mean, there's plenty to cover. You know, it's yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot to cover. Obviously, it's it's Alabama week, right? Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on the show again. It's always fun, and so I just you know want to get that out there. And uh, you know, it's always great when I could see a, a group of younger guys kind of get together and try to continue on the LSU content. You know, I just want to say thanks to you guys because you know we we need more of that. You know, out here. Uh, so, yeah, just continuing forward, look at Michael Divinity. That's the big news of the day, right? But, look, uh, l- let's be honest. We know Mike missed numerous games this year due to whatever that is, personal issues. We've heard it from that to maybe a failed drug test. You know, I'm not going to get into all that. That's somebody's personal business. You know, you can take the information and make your own conclusions from that. But at the end of the day, look, LSU lost a really good player, right? I mean, he they – we lost the guy that's leading the team in sacks. We know he can put pressure on the quarterback. He moved to the middle linebacker role for Texas and I think led the team in tackles. So all around, Mike's a good player. I mean, he's going he's gonna to play at the next level. Uh, this is going to hurt his draft stock. There ain't no doubt about it. Uh, I had him at around like a third or fourth round grade. Talking to some scouts today, sixth or seventh, or maybe not even taken. I mean, that's just being brutally honest. So, you know, we know – with the Collins situations a few years ago when you have, you know, black eyes and, and character issues, we see how much it can affect somebody. So, uh, you know, not to, not to continue on with the negative, but what LSU has to do, right, to, uh, you know, to keep moving forward and, and get pressure on the quarterback. We haven't had much pressure on the quarterback all season. You know, it's been a problem. Mike has kind of been the, kind of the lone bright spot. Chase on at times can flash 
Um, I think this is where the recruiting comes into play, boys. I think uh, you see me tweet this out earlier. Uh, a Marcel Brooks, a Damone Clark, a Patrick Queen, um, guys that aren't necessarily have been playing that role all year, but we all know they're athletic enough to make a flash play here or there if needed in a, in a you know a, in a game like this. I think it's going to be a, a situation where Coach Aranda is going to spot use these guys depending on who he thinks is going to fit that role, you know, for the situation. Um, I expect to see Marcel Brooks coming off the edge fast and furious a lot more than we've seen. I think he could be the X factor in this game and in a, in a way that I don't think they were prepared to use him. But if you watch Brooks on film and watch him early in the, in the season, he's got that ability, you know, to run down the quarterback and he's got true elite speed. So uh, I think that's, that's what we need to look for. You're going to see a couple of different guys play those role, you know, with Neil, Neil Farrell, Glenn Logan, uh, like I said, Brooks, Queen, whoever that is. It's going to be a rotational situation. But, uh, yeah, losing, losing Mike was big, but I don't think it's the death of LSU by any means. LSU's recruited well, and we're way too talented just to kind of put our heads down and say, you know, this is a big blow and that we can't win. I know it went a little long-winded there, but, it, you know, it's a big game, and it's, uh, it, and it's, it, it is, you know, look, I'm not going to lie. It, you lost the, your best pass rusher before the biggest game of the season who's going to be yeah. an NFL player. So it's, it is. It, it, it hurts, but it's not the end of the world. I will turn it over and let you guys, if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, I guess the one thing that I would, that I would say, and, you know, all, all over Twitter they, they're talking about it, uh, and I've seen, you know, you retweet or, or tweet things about it, and, you know, this game is going to – a lot of people, the experts are saying this game will be a, almost a shootout. And so the, the game wasn't going to be won on the defensive side of the ball anyway. Um, we'd love to have great defense. We'd love to be able to, you know, get some, get some key stops. But I think that, um, you know, I, I – I'm, I, yeah, I'm very upset, <laughs> and, I'm, and like I said, you know, you might have to talk me off the ledge or talk me back on the ledge, but uh, yeah, I, I really like what we've seen from Marcel Brooks so far. He's he's been, I think he's been a standout player so far. Especially, mm-hmm. you know, I'm always eager. Whenever I see nine come on the field, I'm I'm watching, and he's the player I'm going to watch on the play because he's an electric player. I remember watching his high school film, um, and his his highlight film from last year when he, when he committed. You know he he's got he's got incredible talent, so you know I think he and I think he might be able to step up. Um, I would I wish it wasn't in the biggest game of the season that he had to you know take on this responsibility, but right. it is what it is. It's 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 interesting to me <laughs> that it always seems like uh, you know there's no there's no way that that LSU is the only is the only top level program that has these has these personal issues, um, but I just you know, countless time after time, it seems like LSU's the one who has to deal with this kind of stuff. So, I feel like there's some some machinations going on within the athletic program that I that I wish that would I wish that would get uh, taken care of. You know, to, to bring us to a because I, I don't see this happening to Alabama. They seem to. I, oh, Scott, I'll give you credit for this one. You you uh, had a nice tweet. You know, right. Alabama seems to be okay with a first uh, a first quarter suspension for for everything. Um, right. And it, you know you can go on to Tiger Droppings if you want to see more and more about <laughs> blaming certain offices on the uh, on LSU campus, but um, it's unfortunate. I I I wish I I wish we knew more. I think you know we were talking about before the podcast that they weren't that they haven't announced uh, 
in the same way that, you know, with the Tyron, this is eerily similar to the Tyron Matthew situation, but with Tyron Matthew, you know, it was outright. He did this, he failed this, and he's gone. So with this, with this Michael Divinity situation, they're not as uh, open about what happened. And, you know, the Coach O in the press conference today said that there was a chance for him to come back, and he's open to that. And, uh, of course, Michael Divinity himself is saying that this is him, uh, his own decision to, to leave the team for personal reasons. But um, So it's, it's a weird situation. I wish, that, I wish it hadn't happened. But, yeah, I, I, think, I think you're about right, and I'm glad to hear that you as the, you know, the, the uh, real X's and O's guy that you see a bright spot uh, for LSU's defense. I was going to say, I didn't really have much more to add. Y'all have the technical stuff, but it was kind of weird a little bit like two twists of fate, just like last year with starting middle linebacker Devin White out for the Bama game, at least the first half with the targeting penalty. And now the same thing with our middle linebacker here. And then another kind of strange parallel is that Alabama lost their starting middle linebacker Dylan Moses before the start of the season. So now they have a true freshman, Christian Harris, starting in that spot. who's actually from uh, University of High in Baton Rouge. So uh, LSU and, and Alabama will be in a little bit of similar situations kind of there. We'll see who is the real true freshman stud. Hopefully it comes out on our end. I've liked what I've seen from Marcel Brooks so far, and then he's got excellent backup. LSU is deep at that position. But, yeah, just kind of history repeating itself in a strange way. Yeah. No, he makes a good point. No, absolutely. You know, it's something that I think needs to be said, right? Last year we lose White for half the game, which I think, you know, he got to play half the game, but I think most of you guys would agree that, Man, it was the, the game kind of felt lost by then, right? I mean, not necessarily lost, but man, we really could have used White's energy from the jump. Maybe, maybe he makes a splash, you know, fumble recovery forces forces a fumble. I just think you kind of need that guy early in the game to change the momentum. So I thought it it really put L, LSU, you know, behind not having not having him. I mean, even when he got in, right, he just didn't quite seem himself. You know, I think he kind of felt like, man, these guys already think this game's over with. But, look, it's a whole new year. Uh, it's a whole new situation. You make a good point, right? They lost Moses. We, we kind of forget about how many injuries Alabama has. So, losing Moses, they've had numerous injuries. Christian Harris comes in, the stud linebacker up from Louisiana. You know, so he's going to get his opportunity to play against a lot of guys he did in high school. Um, but, you know, I know we're harping on it, and there's a lot of, a lot of background to it. Uh, Tommy, some of, I think some of the reason that they're keeping this hush, I, I don't know my personal life at any level. I, um, I think he has a child, and I think, you know, there's yeah. well, sometimes when a, a young man and he has a child involved, what I've seen is they really like to keep that stuff personal in-house. Yeah. And, you know, but just, because of, just because of the child's sake and all that. And I think if this was more of a, you know, a 19-year-old kid who's out, in, you know, but there's a child involved, and I think that's really why you're seeing it keep hush. And I think that's the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I, and I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't mean it as like, oh, uh, we need to expose the whole thing. But oh no, um, no, 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 no. Yeah, but I, I just, I, I find the 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 way that LSU has operated uh, on certain issues to be uh, a bit, a bit of an outlier in some top tier uh, pro- college programs. Right. Yeah. Look, uh, this is this is speculation, my my own opinion, but I think O's trying to trying to do a culture change, right? I think we all see, kind of see it. And O doesn't want to be the same old kind of less miles, kind of let everything go. And, he, he, you know, I know we kicked off the honey badger and all that. But I think this is kind of one of them opportunities, right, for Coach O to kind of set the culture. Hey, guys, I'm going to give you, you know, I'm going to give you a little leadway. I'm going to give you a little rope, you know, but I also have a limit. 
and if you got to fall within this culture and within these rules. Um, and I think that's kind of what we're seeing here, and I just think that O has to kind of put his foot down at some point in time, or you become Florida State of four years ago. You become USC, you know, some of their bad times. I think this is just kind of that point where Coach O's got to say, he's very talented, you know, he's going to play in the NFL, but, you know, I have to have a limit, and we'll just move on from here. Yeah, okay. and uh, like you said with USC, because uh, he, he knew from first-hand experience, that's how he got his exactly. you know, first interim head coaching job is when Pete Carroll kind of left town before he had to face the fire, so to speak. Um, and I, I think we've cut about it. I, I guess the one thing I'm curious about is, uh, you know, per his own statement, he said his goal was to get back in time to graduate in December and to, to join his brother soon. So just, you know, really quickly – do you think that that really is a possibility that, you know, that he would be able to join the team in the postseason, whatever that might be? Yeah, this would be total speculation on my part. I, you know, okay. I, I just think – yeah, you know, look, I just think at this point, if you listen to Coach Joe, I think he gave the safe answer. I, I think he left the door open because anything's possible. But my personal opinion, I think probably just needs to focus on, you know, himself, his family, graduating – and, you know, Mike's an NFL talent. You know, I think he just needs to get himself right. Kind of like an Arden Key situation, you know? Like, mm-hmm. he needs to get himself right and get himself in the right state of mind so he can go make that money. Because he, you know, if he doesn't get his he doesn't get his mind right, he doesn't, you know, he's throwing away a lot of money. And we talk about having a child. Look, let's just call it for what it is. I mean, it, it could be life-changing amount of money. So I, I'd rather see Mike get, get things together, you know, I mean, and, and really get his life back together so he can make an impact in the NFL and be able to take care of his daughter. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of segueing on to, uh, you know, that's, there's, there's, more than, there's more than one player on LSU's team. There's more than one player uh, who will be playing right. on Saturday. Um, you know, you're gonna, you've, you've been talking about this, this Alabama matchup. I mean, we've been talking about it for right. basically since the summer and then, you know, especially the past two weeks with the bye. So is there anything that sticks out that you haven't gotten a chance to talk about or that you haven't, you know, that, that maybe is a – People are overlooking, um, aside from just the standard, you know, Tua versus Joe or, you know, how's LSU's defense going to go or, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, look, um, I've got to watch a lot of film. I think everybody has broke this game down too much. You mentioned it when we started. It's just kind of – it gets old after a while. But if I was going to point out anything from my film study, this isn't this isn't your daddy's Alabama, you know. I mean, they say this isn't – the thing to Alabama that we've seen that can come out and just, just, you know, take over a game. When you break down the film, and we mentioned you know, Williams at, uh, at linebacker, their linebacker issues, they are absolutely a defense that can be beat, especially across the middle and over the top. They're just not as talented on, on the front seven and in the back as they have been in the past. Some of that has to do with attrition to the NFL, some of that has to do, you know, just, just how kind of it all happened. A lot of guys left in the NFL. Remember what happened with LSU? It took us a while to kind of refill, refill that talent, and I think that's kind of where they're at right now. Uh, they're at kind of rebuilding some of these guys. They're young. But when you break down the film, be ready for Joe and Joe Brady and Coach Ensminger uh, to really attack some of this cornerback, but attack the middle of the field right over the linebackers' heads in that, in that part of the field. I think Chase has a big day, you know, running some slants. I think they can really stretch the field, stretch, stretch the safeties. But the middle of the field, to me, kind of like what we've seen against Texas, 
is mm-hmm. what almost kind of like that same type of game plan that that you're gonna that you're gonna see in this game. With all that being said, I think at the end of the day, Clyde Edwards-Helaire might be the MVP of this game. He's become so versatile that you can hit him out with a uh, you know the the wheel route, a little you know a little stop and slant route there out the backfield. I think Clyde might be the X factor in this game because he's really come on. You might see him end up with you know 98 yards rushing, 80 yards receiving, nine catches, and two touchdowns. I really think he could be the X factor in this game. You know, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, I think indeed. you're right, especially with uh, you know we we run uh, and I'm not exactly sure if it if it's precisely this concept, um, mm-hmm. but I, it looks a lot like the you know we run a lot of like the mesh mesh type stuff, um, like the old Mike Leach stuff. And, you know, he talks about – I've seen Mike Leach talk about how the most important – the two most important throws that the quarterback can make are those uh, slant slash drags, you know, across the middle that really can exploit a, a you know, weaker or, I guess in, in Alabama's case, a younger linebacker core. So, like you said, with, with Chase and then uh, um, Jefferson, who also, who also will play out of that slot position, you know, that could definitely be a, uh, the, the kind of game changer. Right, we just have to stay with them for a little bit. Like, we can't get into a situation last year where we just get stuffed early and then just drags all the energy and the momentum out of the situation, and then by the end you're just kind of left helpless a little bit. So as long as the offense just keeps pace with the the talent they have and finds a quick early dagger to either put us up or in the game to where we can hopefully win it late with some heroics, I think that's a good situation to be in. Instead of just uh, getting a little bit exposed by the, the big situation at Bryant-Denny, or just committing some sort of terrible mental error, like uh, Derek Stingley fumbling against Auburn, which pretty much kept them in the game for all of that game two weeks ago. So uh, that's the type of mistake that you can't have against a team like Alabama. And if we play to the caliber that we obviously can, then I think the the game will be all right. The end. Good good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no. Uh, no, I mean, that, that, that's, I mean, he's right. I think, like, we, we, you know, we broke it down a million different ways, and we're going to continue to break it down this week. But, uh, yeah, I, I think what would be important, like, you know, like you just mentioned, is an early touchdown, an early score, a nice drive, and that, you know, the first maybe five to seven minutes of the game to kind of ease the mind of coaches, the players, and all those fans that just want to see if this offense can truly do it against Alabama. I don't care. All you guys sitting over there and everybody's going to listen to this pod. We all think we can score 50 points, right? But, man, we all want to see that first touchdown coming aboard and be like, yep, this offense is for real. Because I know that's kind of my thought is that mm-hmm. we can score 1,000 points against every team we face. But until we can move, move down the field and, you know, quick strike against Alabama and score a touchdown, you know, I think that's the last, last little piece that every LSU fan wants to see. It's like, okay, okay, this we have truly, truly arrived and, you know, we can actually compete. We might not win, but it might be a 42 to 38 game, 42 to 45. But we're here. We can compete. We can make plays, and we're going to be here. You know, it's going to be a shootout to the end. Yeah, you know, the, the, I think the problem with with last year is, and and everybody loved it, and it was it was a great moment when Coach O, you know, said the iconic uh, "We're coming, we ain't backing down," you know, kind of thing. But I almost like the tenor he had today a little bit more in his press conference, where he said, you know, we're going to go out there and we're going to play. We're not we're not changing our our or the way we play ball just because it's this week. We're going to go play the same way we played every every week. We played really good teams so far, and we're, we're playing a good team t- today or on Saturday. And, 
you know, it's it's cliche to say, oh, we take it one game at a time, every game matters, kind of thing. But we've we've built up so, this this game so much over the past, you know, eight years. You know, and and after especially after the way we we lost uh, the national championship in 2012 or 2011 2012, that uh, you know, I, LSU at large, the team, the program, the and the fan base, you know, if if we could just, it, I think everyone's holding their breath to make sh- just to make sure, can we compete? That, <laughs> and yep. there will be a huge a huge collective exhale from from the state yep. of Louisiana when we do, like you said, get that first uh, that first touchdown. Yeah, no, that's big, man. I think it's 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 that whole exhale of everybody that okay, you know, we all know, we all know more than likely it's going to happen, but. Think about what we're talking about now. We're talking about an LSU team that, hey, we're gonna, we, we need to go out and score 42 points to beat Alabama. If we would have talked like that three or four years ago, would have, you know, I mean, no, it would have been mind blowing, right? So mm-hmm. that we would, if you would have told me four years ago, LSU was gonna score about, if LSU can score 24 points against Alabama, like, hey, we got a real good shot of winning the game. Now you tell me if we only score 24, we're probably not going to win the game. So we're at a completely different time and period at, at LSU in this offense. But, yeah, big exhale. If Joe can come out, even look, even maybe come out the first drive, and maybe you don't score, maybe you kick a field. But you see the offense look like it's looked all season, throw the ball around a yard a little bit, Clyde gets a nice couple runs. Maybe the first two drives end up with a field goal, maybe then a touchdown. But, yeah, I think that's what every LSU fan truly wants to see. And if that happens, I think – Every fan will say, "Look, might win, might win, might not tonight." But this is this is real. You know, we're really here to stay. Coach O has truly brought an offense in that has changed the program. You know, it's really changed everything about LSU's football team. Yeah, uh, and you also have to look into the uh, you know the defense too, because that's going to be the other one of the other elements in the game. Um, you know, you still don't know whether two is going to play or not, and you can pontificate one way or the other, but. Either way, you know LSU still has to be ready for Alabama's offense, no matter who's a quarterback, because they have some, you know, some great playmakers. And you know, there were some theories floating around about how oh, Rand has been saving, you know, something for Alabama. He didn't want to show too much, uh, but you know, I, I could buy into that. But you know, now with Mike, Michael Divinity not being there, you know, I just wonder how much that changes things if it does. You know, like you said, we got some other playmakers behind him, but um, I don't know. Do you? Uh, what do you, what are your thoughts on LSU's defense being able to you know take on Alabama no, no matter who's a quarterback unless you unless you want to yeah right right look I mean I, I got the opportunity to watch the Arkansas game a couple times you know Mac Jones he he can play football I mean even if, let's say Tua can't go you know I mean the, the guy's more than capable of making throws Alabama is uber talented at the wide receiver position the running back position just like LSU you know I mean it, as long as the guy can and, you know, take a breath and throw the football, Alabama is going to be good. You know, I mean, they got the talent. They got NFL guys running all around. So LSU's defense is going to have to just – I think they've improved every week. I really like what LSU's defense did against Auburn. I really like how they, they've grown on this season. We kind of complained about the secondary early on. Uh, you know, Sting was is a true freshman. We all know he's been all-world. But I really like how the defense each week, to me – has improved, and they've, they've beat, you know, the run defense is ranked number two in the SEC. I mean, we don't give them enough credit. Think about that. Yeah. I mean, you know, they have the number two ranked run defense in, in the SEC, uh, you know, but right behind Georgia, and I think they're giving up about 96, 98 yards a game, and that's impressive, you know what I mean? So, yes, we can't cover on the back end quite like we did, but I think that's a little bit more due to the college football game as a whole. 
I mean, LSU and Alabama is running wide open spreads, right? So, I mean, that, that's not what we're talking about five years ago. So, mm-hmm. it, it, we're never, I don't think we're truly going to see the DBU of, you know, 2011. It's just the game has changed, you know what I mean? You've seen it in the Big 12. You've seen how that kind of from the West Coast migrated. Now we're playing it in the SEC. LSU needs to play their game on defense. They need to do what they do. They match up, you know, well. I think there's some spots where Alabama is going to attack. Uh, the one that scares me. You know, Kerry Vincent in the slot. Look, McCall, how it is. Kerry Vincent in the slot played a good game against Auburn. I thought he played his best game of the season. But at times, he, you know, he's, he hasn't been great this season. And now he's going to match up against a Ruggs, a Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy, yeah. Know, a Devon, yeah, a Devontae Smith. I mean, these guys are NFL guys. I think Vincent really needs to come out, compose himself. He doesn't have to make – you know, the big play every single time, just cover these guys. Don't let them get those big, big plays, right? The slant that turns into an 80-yard touchdown. Tackle. We need to tackle. You know, they're going to keep the guys in front of them. They're going to make catches. They're going to make plays. They're going to run their offense. We know that. You know, we're talking both teams scoring in the 30s, maybe in the 40s. So just keep things in front of you. Make the tackles. Let's not give up the easy 80-yard touchdown on a four-yard pass. That's where I think LSU really needs – needs to you know, lock down and play their game. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I'm, gl- I'm really glad you brought that up because uh, you can ask Daniel. I've been talking about I've been talking about this as a you know again on the on the ledge for the past two weeks of <laughs> I am terrified of what Jerry Judy ha- is capable of doing in the slot again. You know, we the co- our corners locked down. We're fine. You know, he's about to put somebody on ACL alert. Yeah, he's about to go 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 gadget breaks as that uh, that guy <laughs> who, got, who got famous on Twitter said. Um, but you, you know, our and like you said, Kerry Vincent's great. Grant Delpit's great. Um, but he's he's a, he's another he's another he's a freak. Like he is so good, and that is the I think that that's the kind of guy. And, and Rugs, you know, they they are kind of interchangeable. Rugs and uh, Devonte Smith, but um, Judy's the one that sticks out to me, and I, I I do agree that you know if if we're not if we if we're not able to just you know hold him to keep it in front of us and and cover him downfield to keep the and let just let him have the you know short stuff and not give up the huge play because he's capable he sure is capable of it and he and he can get yards after catch too and he can, he's not afraid to to break tackles and everything man i'm starting to sound like a bama fan right now but i'm telling you judy's the truth <laughs> he's well he's mel kuyper's number one player overall so i don't know if that yeah, look, means anything or not. Yeah, no but i mean you're right tommy and look but the same goes for for jamar chase uh, you know I get, I get an opportunity to go talk to you know on alabama radio and stuff like that they think very highly of jefferson and jamar chase they're saying the same things that we are right now about lsu Joe has been on, you know, I mean, so we have those same type guys on our team that they're talking about. Um, yeah. And they're saying the same things. Look, when I went on radio in Alabama, I say, that's what they're talking about, right? We got to keep Chase in front of us. Don't let him take that five-yard slant, 90 yards to the house like he's done to so, you know, so many others. So, you know, it's, it's the same talk. I think in, in a lot of ways, LSU and Alabama's offense are scary similar, you know. Yes. So. Yeah, they're, they're, it's, a, it's almost a mirror image. You know, you've got three right. – three, uh, Incredible uh, wide receivers, and then a you know a great quarterback who's accurate and you know takes care of the football, and then uh, and then you know I don't know if you would have said this at the beginning of the season, but a uh, two you know great running backs that have uh, you know a little bit different, obviously different in stature and, and different in the way they run the ball, but who've been highly effective throughout the entire season. 
Yeah, I think Terrace Marshall Jr. is somebody we got to keep an eye on in this game. What, well, I, I like to look at this. What does LSU offer that Alabama don't have? We have Terrace Marshall Jr., the 6'4", 6'5", wide receiver, who's a red zone, just a big red zone target. Uh, you know, he, he reminds me of Plexico when he played, you know, for the Steelers and, and the Giants. Just, he just can't, you can't carve him. He's so big. He, he's athletic. I think that's where LSU has the edge when we get in the red zone. You know, Marshall is just that big, you know, Jimmy Graham target that they can throw it up and, you know, he can go get it. So I think that's an edge for LSU, that, that they can take advantage on Alabama's defense. Their cornerbacks aren't, aren't really tall. You know, so I think that, that's an edge. I keep an eye out for that in the red zone. They're going to give him his opportunities. Would you also say that, uh, that Thad Moss could be a, a big, a big play, uh, factor? You know, with him having to line, if you know, you kind of they've split him out a couple times, and you know, used him a lot. They used him a lot in the Auburn game, um, where he would probably end up being matched up on a on a linebacker, I would think. And as we said, that that could be a a, a weakness for them. Yeah, when you really break it down, you know, I I said this on a show earlier today that I expect Thad Moss. You know, that there's a possibility we might look up and Thad Moss might lead the team in catches after this game because when you when you hear me talk about the middle of the field and take advantage of the linebacks on me, like like just like you said, I think Moss this could be hit this could be that game, right? That we talk about eight, ten years ago when we bring up his name, you're like like, man, thank you know, thank goodness we had him for Alabama because he really came out. He's gonna get those opportunities. I truly believe that in this game where Joe is gonna, you know, pick on those linebackers. So yes, I think this is it. This is why we held on to Moss. This is why we, you know, we went through the injury protocol with him. We got him as a transfer. I think for this situation right here, O.C. the talent, um, and you know that has been just—he's really surprised. I think everyone. Not only is a decent pass catcher, he's, he can block. You know, so that's—I think that's a plus that we didn't really think we were going to get get with him. But he's put on some good size, and I mean, he's an explosive blocker. So you can leave him in you know, almost throughout the game now. And you guys know this. In the NFL, you really don't see too many of those guys anymore. You know, they third down, they bring the Jimmy Grant type guy. First and second down, they got the big, you know, the Josh Hill bruiser type blocker. That can do it both ways. So if Thad stays healthy, he's going to get drafted because he, he can do both. So, yeah, I expect, I expect uh, Moss to, to definitely be a weapon that LSU looks at to use in this game. Well, it's interesting you said that about his blocking because I saw um, Randy Moss talking about his his son on on ESPN or somewhere where and they asked him you know well, what do you do when you when you talk to when you talk to Thad about his play he says oh we don't talk about ca- we don't talk about catches we don't talk about receiving I don't care about that we talk about blocking because that's what I you know he's like he's fine on the th- he's fine on the catching that that runs in the family but we need to talk about the blocking. Yeah, I think that's where Moss look you know I mean not trying to get past this and all that but. I think if he's going to play at the next level, so you're trying to hone in that blocking a little more at the NFL level, I think that's really where he's going to make his money in the draft is putting that good blocking on film that the NFL guys can say, look, you know, he ain't going to be a 100-catch tight end, but maybe we can use him on a three-down tight end, and, you know, maybe he catches 40 or 40 balls for you in the NFL. So, yeah, I think it's an, that's absolutely right with Randy saying. So there was something that came out – I think uh, it was yesterday, uh, or is it today, about uh, Derek King of Houston. And mm-hmm. you remember he he had uh, pretty much just taken the rest of the year off. And he said he was coming back to Houston, and his coach, Dana Holgerson, said he had no reason to believe that he wouldn't. But I, I don't think, you know, why would you sit out the year just to come back to the same school? So now it's, you know, it's coming out that he's, he's looking at uh, a few schools like FSU, 
Georgia and and LSU. So I just wanted to get your your thoughts on that uh, because you know it's on one way you would think okay that's great this you know this guy was uh, amazing at Houston and they had they had great mm-hmm. numbers. Um, so if you transferred in you know you you'd, you'd think there would be no drop off from Joe Burrow. But you know then then there's the other side of that where you got a guy like Miles Brennan who's been sitting there for right. years and just kind of right. waiting his turn, which what you want, you know, for a guy that loves the program as opposed to somebody that leaves because they're not playing. So, you know, right. what what would that do for LSU as far as recruiting? Because, you know, once Joe Burrow's gone, you know, it's got to be somebody. Right. So. No, no, no. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been one of them topics that I think, you know, the, the LSU fan wants to talk about, then they don't. I think a lot – Miles Brennan has a – has a has a very supportive fan base and look i was a miles burning guy um i got to watch him play a lot of high school football in mississippi he's got a heck of a release um he's got a cannon for an arm uh, i just think you know to, to be fair to miles i don't think we've seen enough of him um you know with the starters to really give us a good opinion on him now uh, with that being said we've definitely. seen yeah we've seen a lot of king though like we've seen a lot at houston go watch some houston games with king playing quarterback you're going to lead that game going Man, I wish we had him at LSU. You know, so uh, he he has the athletic ability to scramble, make the throws. He's not real tall. He's about a six foot guy, but you know, we all know nowadays that you can throw all that aside if you can, you know, if you can play quarterback, you can play quarterback. Um, but if King wants to come to LSU and play football at LSU, Coach O is going to take King at LSU. He's he's a you know he's a game changer type guy. He's a Russell Wilson, basically. That's what you're. That's kind of what you're getting. That that style of guy, um, and I think he battles out. Does Miles? If King does come to LSU, does Miles stay? And 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 maybe maybe not. In the world of the transfer portal, there's a lot of teams out there that would take Miles immediately, and I think he could start. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. So I don't Absolutely. look it, to be. Yeah, to be fair, to be fair to Miles, if he would, let's say LSU transfers in King, and Miles won. You know, he said, you know what? I had enough. I did this with Joe. I wouldn't hold it against Miles. I think he's very talented, just like yeah. Justin McMillan did for Tulane. Look what he's done with Tulane, you know, and Justin. Having a very nice season. They're going to another bowl game. He's had a great season. And now Justin's put film out there for the NFL scouts. So that's why if this happens again, I wouldn't hold anything against Miles. I'd probably guide him and say, hey, if you don't feel comfortable and you think you might lose this again, you know, go play out of Idaho. Go play at a school where you know, you know, he's going to be the most talented quarterback and put something on film. So – I support the idea. I think when you're a program like LSU, you got to always look at every option. If you want to be a contender at LSU every year, you know, year in and year out, you got to use the tools available. And now we have the transfer portal. You know, and if, if guys, you know, want to come look at Joe Burrow, we wouldn't be having any discussions if we didn't get Joe Burrow. Just, let's just be honest, you know. So it's, it, it's, it was important for us to get where we are now. And if King wants to play quarterback at LSU – I absolutely believe Coach O would would accept him, and I think he has a good chance to probably win the job. Right. You know it's got to hurt these kids a little bit uh, when they're coming in thinking they're going to be kind of the guy and the star of this huge school, and then if you kind of get beat out or passed up by somebody else for the job, right. and then you have to take that reality check a little bit. But that's why you can't really blame them at all for maybe going to a smaller school where you know they can be that guy, be the star, and look to get that second chance to prove themselves where they're ready for the next level. So uh, if something like that happens, then you can kind of understand it. But it, it really, it's really interesting that, you know, like it or not, there's free agency in college football now. 
And yeah, there is. You, know, you can say that you can say that oh, the transfer portal is a little bit different. You have to get you know secured by the NCAA or whatever. They let you go, but they basically they basically let you do whatever you want from now from what we've seen so far. They might tighten that up in the coming year or so, but I I, I doubt it. And um, with that, and then we one as, as a segue, we were going to talk a little bit about the the uh, the paying players kind of you know, addition that the NCAA came out with last week. And I know you've, on Twitter you've had some strong thoughts about this. You kind of, uh, you know, commented on, on Tim Tebow's little rant he had about how, yeah. you know, he, he wanted to be he, – he says, no, keep it, keep, keep it completely uh, scholar-athlete. That's all we are. We're not – we don't need to be paid. You kind of push back on that a little bit. So if you want to talk a little bit about the, the NCAA's um, rule change and, ha- and, you know, your own opinion about the, the landscape. Yeah, I mean, with the rule change, it looks like, and uh, by 2023, you know, the, the guys, the, I mean, the, the players will be able to use their name to, to make money off of whatever that, you know, that might be T-shirts, that might be, you know, doing a commercial for a car dealership, you know, who knows. But, yeah, I, when when Tebow came out with that rant, that was kind of the kickoff of this, of kind of pick your side, right? I mean, I think Tebow picked his side, and I expected Tebow to pick that side, which I have no you know, no issues with that. You know, that's fine. That's a side he picked. But I think at times a guy like Tebow is he's sitting in a seat that he, I don't know Tebow personally. I don't know his, his life, what he grew up in. But just the information that I have, he grew up in a comfortable home, in a, com- a comfortable family. You know, he never really wanted for anything. You know, and he, he goes to Florida and becomes a stud quarterback. And he's a celebrity by the age of 19, 20. So, you know, I, I think you got to look at it from a different perspective. You look at it, a guy like Reggie Bush, who got his Heisman taken away, you know, he because basically he wanted his mom to have a home. They took care of him. You know, that all kind of, uh, you know, unraveled into the point where it, it just didn't end well, and he got his Heisman taken all the way. But I think back to that time, you guys, I don't know how old you are, all you guys, but I think back to that time when, when Reggie Bush was at his height, Reggie Bush could have left USC as a multimillionaire and never had to play football in the NFL again. He was college football for, mm-hmm. for you know two or three years there at USC, and then they put him through that, you know all that stuff. And I just I, I think too many guys, too many you know, higher ups are profiting off some of these kids who you know maybe go into the NFL and blow their knee out after one year. And yeah, they made a little money, but you look at even Tebow. I mean, he's a great example. He could have left Florida as a multimillionaire, you know, and he didn't really have a great pro career. So, you know, I was kind of surprised he took took the side he did, but, you know, I kind of expected Tebow to take that. Uh, it's just my opinion. I think it's only fair that we allow these guys to be able to make a little money off their name. They're sacrificing their bodies. They're sacrificing a lot of time. I do understand, the, well, look, you're paying for a $100,000 scholarship. That is true. And I'm actually open for a – how do we balance that off, right? How much is that worth? You know, uh, mm-hmm. maybe there's something that we can use. But it's just, to me, it's not fair. If you go look at how much LSU profited last year off the, off the football program, you know, and look at our quarterback this year. How many, you know, how many, if Joe was able to, his parents were able to make T-shirts, was able to make things and buy it, you know, I think Joe should have that opportunity to make a little money, you know. So that, and that's totally my opinion. You know, I know there's, there's two sides of everything. As somebody who grew up not necessarily, I would, you know, say privileged, you know, I, we grew up in, with not much, and I kind of made my way through the military and got my degrees and 
you know, and all that. I earned my way. So I kind of, I think I kind of lean more to that side because everything I have, I had to earn. You know, I got seven tours to the Middle East. So that that's kind of how I made my way. So I think it's only fair that if you put in the work and you've done it, it's fair that you should be able to make a dollar off your name. Now, I guess the one, the one, I generally agree with, with that, um, mm-hmm. with your sentiment a lot. The one thing that I would say is that, you know, I think there, do, there does need to be a balance between uh, the, you know, the name on the front of the jersey and the name on the back. Because, you. you know, Reggie Bush is, was an incredible talent. He would have been great at any college anywhere. He could have gone to junior college and been a, a, probably have been a national <laughs> star as far as for his, just for his athletic ability. But, right. you know, is he going to win the Heisman at, you know, USC, the brand of USC, the brand of LSU, the brand of all these top programs also play into that marketability. Um, so I think, you know, that is something that needs to be weighed. Uh, you know, because they're not because these these athletes aren't in a in a, in a vacuum when they go out on the market. Um, and the other thing that and we've kind of talked about that on on other podcasts. The other thing that I that I kind of worry about when we talk when we move towards paying players is that you know some of these some of these uh, athletes on the team they're they contribute just as much as the the Joe Burrows or the uh, Clyde Edwards Elaires, but they no one knows who they are, so they're they're image is not marketable and so you know i almost feel like if we're gonna if we're gonna start paying these players and not really focus on you know oh they're they're student athletes they're getting their education they're they're part of this team they're part of something bigger than them well there's gonna be a lot of guys who are third string or second string or whatever and they're gonna be left completely in the dust and there's kind of no reason for them to play because then even even play you know the, the the option or the potential to Maybe maybe get a scholarship later on, or be picked up. You know, in the like you always see those great videos of the guy who works real hard and he gets he becomes a scholarship athlete. That's kind of by the wayside, um, and and then they and then they're kind of stuck as well because they don't have enough time to have a part time job because they're in school and they're at practice and they can't go sell their jersey because frankly no one knows who they are. <laughs> no, look, you make I mean, you make great points, you know, and I see both sides. I'm not one of them guys that just sits on sits on that one side and I'm stuck on that side because I do think you make a good point about the brand and LSU and if, you know, if, if you didn't go to LSU, like you said, would you really be getting the pub that you're getting now? You know what I mean? So, yeah, there's there's two sides of it. There absolutely is. That's why I think over the next few years, you know, the, they need to sit down and really figure out some of the details on this. And I'm open for, hey, if we give them a scholarship, you know, this is this is how much this is worth. You know what I mean? So, and, and maybe mm-hmm. there's a balance there. Do they pay taxes? So, you know, that was a good point. I, I heard the other day, you know, they're going to brand themselves. Do, should they pay, now, if we're going to make this legal, should they pay taxes on their scholarships? You know, and, you know, and so, man, there's, it gets way deeper than I really want to get into, you know. But, yeah, uh, yeah I, I just, you know, just keeping at a high level. I think the players should have the opportunity to make, make a few dollars off their name if they can. I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, it's going to be a lot. It's going to have to be as many as we think, honestly. Like, you, you bring up the backups and the third strings. How do we compensate them? You know, I mean, you could brand yourself. I look at a guy like Cardell Thomas. I think he, he was a, a perfect example of somebody who did really well at branding himself mm-hmm. um, as a high school athlete. He was a nationally known high school football player that played guard. Okay, yeah. so you can brand yourself. That's what I, I and I talked to Cardell about this, and you know we, we laugh a little bit, but a guard who was 
you know, by any means, he's got a six-pack in his, you know, he's he branded himself in his name and his playing. And if he could, I know Cardell probably could have made a little bit of money off his name. So I think opportunities there for guys, you know, playing offense and defensive line as well. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're definitely right. It was funny that um, when he was talking about you know his own brand and how he get he get how he got there, I remember him saying, "Well, you know, I, I wear receiver gloves. I'm not I'm not the kind of guy who uh, right, just kind of right, goes right. in the wayside. You know, I'm, I've 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 got the swag too." <laughs> right, yeah. right. So yeah. Uh, well, I was just going to say that uh, one good thing that could happen from this is these guys, you know, if they're allowed to make money, um, who knows? You know, it could be enough money to where they can help their family, uh, and they maybe wouldn't have to go pro so soon like a lot of these guys do because they say, oh, yeah, I just, you know, I'm doing what's best for my family. But, you know, if their family's already taken care of, maybe they can stay another year, get their degree, help their team win a title or something like that. But, you know, then there's another, you know, there's all these, these ancillary effects too. Uh, and I just, you know, I got to ask, you know, what's going to happen to these poor bag men if, if they don't have a job anymore? <laughs> <laughs> you know? I don't I don't know, Tommy. Tell us. Tell us what's going to happen. <laughs> what's going to You're a bag man, right? Uh, well, I, I cannot confirm nor deny. Um, <laughs> but if you go, have you? Speaking of bag, this is really, uh, uh, really strange that that you brought that up, Scott. Because me, I've been glued. So I've been showing everybody I know. Have you seen? It's about a year old, so I, I don't know. You know, you probably already seen it, or I mean, everybody in college football kind of knows the the story. But SB Nation did this this documentary. On it's Lamar called Paid, yeah, on Leo Lewis on Paid in Louisiana yeah, or Paid in Mississippi. Yeah, yeah, that thing was yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's more as interest, yeah, very, interesting. Yeah, very good, very good uh, documentary. But um, that's just one instance of thousands that go on. So there's another whole yeah. side to recruiting and college football that the average fan kind of knows but don't really know. There's so yeah. much that goes on behind the scenes. So that documentary really laid it out um, how much. You know, that's why I say that LSU, it's big business. And people look at it as, well, it's school. No, it's it's big business in the billions. So, yeah, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that we could probably do 30 pods on if we really wanted. No, I definitely. Um, and I, I'd love to get into that. I, that that's, a, that's a realm that fascinates me, not, you know, not necessarily in a good or bad way, but um, after watching the documentary and kind of, like you said, everyone kind of knows about it. Everybody hears about it. You hear about it on the forums and the – Oh, you know this thing happened over here. Well, he's going, he's going to Texas no matter what because of the, you know, blah 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 blah. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, with the, it'll definitely change the landscape, like you said, with the 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 new rule change and maybe maybe like Scott said, uh, maybe some bagmen will be out of out of a job. Uh, <laughs> I hope that I can't believe you would impugn my profession that way, Scott. I'm just looking out for you. You know, it's like the, the buggy whips. You, you're going to go out of business. Um, but to, just to kind of dovetail off of that with how it changes the landscape and recruiting, um, I, I did want to mention, it's, I, I don't know if you guys, I, I know we've talked a little bit about SMU and their beautiful Mustangs, but just kind of what the American Athletic Conference has been doing this year, it's, uh, I don't know, it's kind of standing out to me. Because if you look at all the, the divisions, you know, everyone's records, like there's one or two teams with a good record and everyone after that's it's mediocre to horrible, you know, even the SEC. But the American Athletic Conference, it's like, you look at the West Division, it's 7-1, 8-1, 8-1, 6-3. Mm-hmm. The other, it's like 7-1, 7-2. Uh, you know, it's UCF, of course. Uh, it's like, it seems to be like there's a little bit more parity 
in college football, at least, you know, with the talent being dispersed, uh, you know, I don't think, you know, if, if SMU was still undefeated, I don't know if they'd be in the playoff conversation. You know, there's still more to prove, kind of like UCF two years ago. But I, I don't know. It's just, uh, you know, no other conference has this type of, uh, I guess, winning record, basically. But, you know, they've got some talent. And I know some of it has to do with transfers, because I think SMU's yep. quarterback, Buchel, is at a – Texas. Texas. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, all these transfers and all this recruiting of guys thinking, well, you know, I could sit on the bench here or I could play here. But, yep. um, yeah, I just wanted to point that out, see if you had any thoughts about that. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. And I think you, you nailed it with the quarterback, right? So um, at, at SMU, he was at Texas. I think you're seeing that conference probably, you know, I don't have the hard data, but when you look at it, and I watch a lot of these games, you know, look at Tulane, right? Look at Justin there. He, he could yeah. have sat at LSU and probably never, never took a snap. And now he goes to Tulane, having a, you know, having a great season, putting up great numbers. Um, he's going to take them to a, a nice bowl game. You know, so I think the transfer portal, you're really seeing that conference. Certain teams can scoop up maybe two or three guys that were playing out, you know, on an SEC program. Maybe not the starter, but he was still a four-star athlete who's more than capable of making plays or, you know, an SMU or a Tulane or somebody like that, you know. So, yeah, uh, that's where I think the portal can help and comes into play is definitely for those tier of schools. Yeah. Uh, anything, any other thoughts, guys? Well, any I guess b- b- before we go, I just wanted, you know, any, are there any final thoughts, anything we haven't brought up that you want to leave, uh, leave the listeners with before we go, you know, as we as – we, uh, Prepare for Armageddon Part Two, as they as they uh, used to call it in 2011. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be you know an enormous matchup. Somebody had a uh, made a good point to me today. You know, everybody was been complaining about it should have been a night game, and he said, "Look, we've lost eight in a row. Maybe we need to do something different." And I thought about that. I said, "Maybe we do." You know, so yeah. you know, I think maybe a, maybe a 2:30 kickoff is 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 going to help. We played good early this year, right? So um, you know, maybe so. Who knows? But uh, I think we're going to win or lose. I expect for the world to see that LSU has changed. The program is on the up and up. Coach O has done a remarkable job. I thought he was going to do well. I didn't really think he was going to do this well this fast. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Um, and yeah. he's a recruiting. He's a recruiting. You know, we all know he's arguably the top one or two coaches in the country in recruiting. He's always been that way. But he surrounded himself with some great offensive coordinator, defensive coordinators. Um, for the fan that's going to watch this game, win or lose, I think take a look at the game as a whole and see where LSU has grown for the fan. And, and I think we're truly going in the right direction. Uh, I think if LSU is going to win this game, it's going to be a 45-42 to 42 game. And that's kind of what I, I, I'm going to take. i got LSU winning it here, you know, 45-42. to 42. I think it's going to be a shootout. So take LSU with the points and hammer the over, I guess. I did say so. Look, I said that. I, tw- I think I tweeted that out yesterday. I'm going to take LSU with the points. That's yep. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> All yeah. right. Yeah. Just judging by uh, Alabama's special teams so far, they they do not have a kicker. So I think it could come down to a a couple extra points or a field goal. So yep. uh, I think yep. you're right on with that. Yep. Um, Daniel, you got any uh, any uh, any burning questions you want to ask before we say goodbye? Uh, no, not really. I think we pretty much hit everything. It's pretty weird to think that uh, the next podcast is either probably going to be the most like high energy or low energy one <laughs> of all time, uh, either celebration yeah. or uh, despondency. But either way, it should be a great game, and uh, just looking forward to LSU doing their best. 
Right on. Yeah, you know, that, that's a good point. Look, I uh, the, the wife asked me, how are you going to watch this game? Because there's been years in the past where I just like, okay, just leave me alone. You know, like I know this is going to be a, a, a rough game, and I just can't have too many people around me for this one. You know what I mean? Because I know mm-hmm. LSU's offense over the past couple of years. But, um, you know, this one we're going we're gonna to have some friends over, and we're, we're going to have some family over, and we're going to, you know, I think I feel comfortable enough where I think LSU has truly changed, and I think win or lose, it's going to be a good game, and you're going to see, you know, you're going to see both offenses and defenses make some plays. All yeah, right. And, and, and even if LSU loses by, say, you know, a field goal or, you know, a last-second touchdown, uh, you know, that doesn't mean that they're out of the race. They just, you know, lost to the number right. two team in the country. Yeah, so. Right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, yeah, man, thanks, thanks for coming on, and uh, thanks for all your input. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much as always, Josh. Yeah, no, absolutely, guys. I, I enjoy it. This has probably been the best one we've done so far. But let's hope LSU wins uh, wins the game. So if I hop on, you know, in the next couple of weeks, uh, you can, like you said, it would be high energy. So <laughs> yeah. guys, have a good night. I mean, I, I appreciate everything, guys. All well, right, thank well, thanks, Josh. Yeah, it was good to get his thoughts. I'm glad he uh, he kind of agreed with us. It's yeah, I, I've been in that situation myself where I I just wanted to watch the game. I didn't want anyone to talk to me, whether it was good or bad. You know, I just needed to experience the game as it happened, and uh, <laughs> I can totally relate with that. No, definitely. That was that was me. Uh, second second half of the of the national championship. I I had friends over, and I forced all my friends to let me go into my room and watch it alone. <laughs> and I and I locked myself in my room, so um, that was that. If you're listen, if you're out there listening, you you know who you are, and you were there. <laughs> and uh, Dana was not there actually, but um, let's hope that I, I don't think I'll be locking my locking myself in the room uh, on Saturday. No, and hopefully it, you won't have to. Yeah, true. Yeah, but uh, right. yeah, um, I don't know. Did you uh, did you guys? He, Josh kind of gave a little. Uh, a little, some somewhat of a score prediction. Uh, I mean, I, I agree. I think anyone would agree it's going to be a close game, possibly a barn burner. You know, depending on whose defense is able to 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 stop the other's offense. But would you care to make any predictions? You don't have to give an exact score, but maybe just a, a range or something. Uh, I think it actually is going to be a, a lot of lower scoring. I think it's going to be more in the the Auburn game range. So I think something like uh, 24-20. Uh, I won't say which team's coming out on top is hopefully LSU. Uh, and so I think that's a, a decent margin. People are thinking it's going to be blow off the top, but I think we're going to grind it out a little bit harder than that. Well, uh, you know, as as uh, y'all will be y'all will hear live, I just took the. Uh, I took the over and I took LSU at the points. So I think LSU covers six and a half. Um, I do think it'll be a higher scoring game. The over is sitting at 65 points right now, I think. Let's see. Uh, yeah, 65. So, you know, I do, think, I do think this is a higher scoring game. I don't know if it'll be, you know, 50, 58 to, you know, 49 or, what, you know, whatever. But I do think, you know, I think, it'll, I think each team will score over 30 points or so. Um, and I do think that I think I think we'll have to have a shootout. I think we'll have to win in, in some sort of shootout, now, similar to the Texas game, because I think uh, I think Alabama's offense is too talented to um, to stop them. And I think that if we're going to if we're going to hang in this game and not end up you know like years past, we're going to have to put up as many points and probably 
take, you know, I, I, I was watching Matt Muscana's show, um, Whiskey and Wine, which is really, if y'all, if y'all haven't seen it, it's a, you know, post-LSU uh, game kind of instant reactions. And uh, they were saying that, you know, Coach O seemed to, you know, pretty much ice this game right at the end. And so I think that some of the Auburn stuff was by choice and the low scoring was by choice. Um, and so I, I, you know, I don't think we're making that choice against Alabama. And so I do think that, uh, like I said, I, I'm not, I'm not the, I'm not the score guy. I'm not the good, I'm not good at saying, oh, it'll, I think it'll be 42 to 38, you know, or 30, 40, whatever. Probably because I'm just not great at math. So, so it's hard for me to come up after the, uh, come up with scores off the top of my head. Fair enough. But, um, yeah, I think LSU covers, and I think the over hits. All right. Uh, I'm going to uh, – I don't know. I kind of feel the same way Dana does. I don't think it's going to be as big of a, a scoring game because of mostly what just happened at Auburn. Uh, but also because, you know, it's just one of those games It's going to be uh, – you know, it could be the same as in 2011 where, you know, we, we don't care if, you know, this offense that we've, you know, just blown away by – you know, what if it was another 9-6 game? I think LSU just wants a win, and they don't care how it happens. Uh, I think it would come down to maybe a field goal. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to say 30-27 to 27 for the purple and gold. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I think it still remains to be seen, you know, what, what Alabama has at quarterback. But even if Tua plays the whole game, but he's just, you know, maybe he's not 100%, but, you know, I'd say – Maybe a seventy percent two is better than a hundred percent Mac Jones. You know, I, I, I don't. Nick Nick Saban's going to make that decision, but I, I think they're going to go with Tua as much as they can, as much as possible. But uh, I don't think they faced a defense like LSU's. You know, if you look at their competition, um, so I think Alabama's going to going to have to grind something out too if they were to win. So thirty to twenty-seven Bengal Tigers. And having said that, do you guys have any last thoughts? Nope. Catch us next week on Talking Tigs for the Alabama recap. Good or bad, it's going to be a crazy one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm so I'm so overwhelmed right now with just uh, I just don't know about this game. I'm I'm nervous. Like I said, I've been off and on the ledge. I live on the sixth floor, so it could happen. Um, but in all seriousness, you know, I think it's going to be a great game and. I think that uh, I think LSU has has as good a chance, you know, as as any time I can remember, and I think that this I'm not going to say this is our year, but I think that this is uh this is it, you know we we are we are immensely competitive in all facets of the game, and I'm I'm just ready for it to I'm ready to get get to 2:30 on Saturday on CBS with Gary and and Brent <laughs> Brad Nessler. Brad, okay, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I was thinking I confused Brent and Brent Nussberger and Brad Nessler, but yeah, Gary and Br- and Brad. Yeah, um, I would agree with all of that. I would say um, just ready to see it happen, but I'm going to be looking through my fingers, you know, as it does, because I'm I'm afraid to see. You know, I I just don't want it to be another you know Charlie Brown and Lucy with the football type situation where we you know, just think, oh, yeah, this is the year, and then, you know, there's just something else. But, again, I don't think this is a year where LSU just does not compete like they have in years past, you know. Not even scoring a single point is what I'm talking about. I don't think the Tigers have to worry about that. Uh, I think it'll be a close game no matter who wins. Uh, And having said that, 
I just wanted to give one last shout-out as a final thought to the LSU football uh, Twitter page, who uh, is doing their best to kind of promote uh, some some talking Tigs uh, original uh, our artistry with, uh, you know, putting out a photo of Joe Burrow dressed as the Joker, which was clearly uh, on record as being uh, promoted first by the Talking Tigs at, uh, at College Game Day when it was in at Baton Rouge. So I just want to say thank you to the LSU Football Recruiting Twitter page for uh, promoting our artistic endeavors. And with that, see, go ahead, Tommy. I know you had a thought on it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I just think that uh, you know, imitation is the is the highest form of flattery. So I'm I'm glad yeah. that uh, people in the administration are listening to the podcast. You know, thank mm-hmm. you for thank you for the exposure, and we had a little bit of fun with y'all. And uh, you know, if you need more ideas for you know content, I think we're all for hire. So yeah. we'd yeah. love to be absorbed. Uh, we'd be you know glad to work out a buyout. Uh, and I think that um, I think that we'd come to a reasonable number, you know, of any of a merger or an acquisition um, for LSU. So, um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't can't disagree with that. Uh, you know, we just want to look out for our people, you know, because it is a family here, one tight knit family. And uh, having said that, we will talk to our tight knit uh, Tiger family next week uh, after they face the Alabama Crimson Tide in Tuscaloosa. Hopefully the good guys come out on top, but we will talk about it either way next week on the Talking Tigs. So have a good week, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Go Tigers.